Wolf and Luke. Who are you? Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witchbuster extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. He sounds pretty good. He sounds pretty articulate. Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Hi, welcome into the show on this fine Thursday morning. Phoenix Suns win again. Cardinals are 8-1. and one. ASU's on a winning streak. U of A's on a one-game winning streak. Even okay, though U of A. They beat half of You Cal. had me until you brought up U of A, of course. <laughs> that was just for Sarah Cazell, who's oh, in there oh, flexing. that was for Sarah, yeah. okay. Yeah. It's been two-plus years for them. They deserve... No, they don't. Never mind. Yeah, exactly. No. Tucson, after all. <laughs> what more do we have to say? Uh, no, Wolf, let's start with the Phoenix this Suns. This coming from a man that is proud to be from Buffalo, ladies and gentlemen. Never forget that. I will take Buffalo over Tucson. Never um, forget that. What were you going to say, Luke? You were going to say something, I, right? I was. I was going to say the Phoenix Suns have now won six in a row. They are 7-3 and three on the season. They've only, of the three losses, they've already beaten two of those teams. They've already exacted vengeance now on Sacramento and Portland in their last two games. They'll get a shot at Denver on November 21st. So, Wolf, I dare say this team is starting to look like the team we saw last year. Yeah, it really is. You know what's interesting about it, Luke, is the first time they played the Trailblazers, of course, that was game number three. Game mm-hmm. number three of the year, I think you alluded to it right there. Uh, the fact that Trailblazers just ramrodded the Phoenix Suns, just destroyed them. What, what did they beat them by? Was it 29? 29 points. 29 points. They beat them by that first time around. And I think if you juxtapose that game to what we saw last night with the Phoenix Suns, you can really see the improvement. And not only the improvement, you can see, man, that looks like. That looks like a family member right there. That looks like the uncle you always knew. That looked like your brother. That looked like your dad. That looked like somebody you recognized, right? And the Phoenix Suns and how they were playing last night, man. There were spurts in that game offensively and defensively where you could say, you know what? Yeah, this was the team that played in the finals last year. And I would agree 100%. Except there was one thing a little bit different. Frank Kaminsky dropping 31 on the Portland Trailblazers. Not necessarily what you would... Uh, it, that's like your your uncle showing up to Thanksgiving that you haven't seen in a few years. And, <laughs> and he's he like, a beard. Yeah, beard and one Powerball or something. That's what it was. Frank Kaminsky reacting to his 31-point night against Portland. I, I still don't think it's really hit me yet, but... Um... It's just like I said last time, you know, it's just a mindset. Go out there and play as hard as you can. Be ready for anything. You never know when your opportunities are going to come, so you got to make the most of them. And I'm just trying to make the most of my opportunity here. So, you know, it all just goes into preparation and staying ready and keeping the same mental approach to every day. Um, Try to stay level, never too high, never too low, and just – Keep going with that. Sorry about that. I thought he actually was done right there. Never Just too apologize high, to never Frank. too low. Exactly, Frank. I didn't mean to step on you. Never too high, never too low, of course. It's the way that a pro has got to be. You, you have to be that way. You've got to go about your business on a daily basis, and you've got to be even keeled. There's no doubt about that. But what's amazing about Frank Kaminsky, there, there was a time in that third quarter, there was a time in that game in the third quarter where I thought to myself, Kaminsky is taking over this game. <laughs> I mean, look, right? Yes, and Think they about did. that. He did take over the game. Kaminsky is taking over this game. It is a sensation unlike any other 
when you collectively have a city <laughs> that makes the realization Frank Kaminsky is taking over and we're in good hands with yeah, Frank Kaminsky. Listen, it wasn't just the fact, though, that he was scoring points. He, he scored 18 points in the first half alone, <laughs> Frank. But in that third quarter specifically, man, he was blocking shots. <laughs> he was stuffing people at the rib. He was rebounding the basketball. Um, the game belonged to Frank in that second half, that third quarter, that that the end of the third quarter in the second half, Frank Kaminsky took over this game. This is a real interesting development for this team, and I'm not just going based on last night's game. Last night's game was huge, obviously, 31 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, hit all 5 of his free throws, had a block, like you said, just was an impact player across the board. Uh, shot 67% from the field, hit a couple threes. Like, come on, Frank. Like, were you, are you Frank or are you LeBron? I mean, I, I, that's, that's what I it looked like it. at times. Eddie Johnson and K. Ray talking on the, the broadcast, of course, saying, get Kaminsky the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Just love Feed that. Feed Frank. I was there last night. The energy from Frank was so fun. And there were Frank the Tank chants at the end of the game. <laughs> oh, Frank it, energy. It, and and what, what topped it all off was the fact that it was Cody Zeller versus Frank Kaminsky. So it was like the Big Ten 2013. It was so great. <laughs> well, the thing with, with Kaminsky, look, you don't expect him to put up 31 points a night or ever. But he does have 57 points in his last three games. And, and what this is starting to show is if Aiton has to miss a game in the playoffs, or if Aiton gets into foul trouble in the playoffs. I mean, this was always like fear number one for me in the playoffs last year. What happens if DeAndre Aiton picks up a few fouls in the first half? What do they have behind him? Now you have JaVale McGee, and I think to a certain extent, Frank Kaminsky, just know he's not going to do this consistently, but Wolf, his last his last five games, I'm just looking at scoring. He's, he's put up 17, sure. two against Houston, but he only played six minutes. 16, 10, and 31. Yeah. That's at least an option off your bench. Yeah, the, listen, I think we'd all agree that Frank Kaminsky, for the most part, offensively, that has been the strength of his game. That's the reason why Frank Kaminsky is in the NBA. Mm-hmm. It's because of his offense, not his defense. And that's where I would worry about, especially in the postseason, yes. when you're talking about the physicality and the uptick in physicality that will happen. Um, that's where I get concerned in regard to saying Frank Kaminsky and no DeAndre Ayton. Now, again, I know you weren't saying that, but yeah, Frank has played very, very well on the offensive end of the floor. And as I said, he's been a presence even on the defensive end of the floor. He was at least last night in that third quarter, man. I mean, seriously, just... The job he did overall was incredible to see Frank produce at that level, and let's hope that it continues. And look, this is a guy that's bounced around. He didn't know where he was going to be playing this season, even after what happened last season. He talked about just the last two off-seasons being very challenging for him after the game. You know, this past couple off-seasons, free agencies have been tough. Um, there's no mistake about it. I mean, I was within a threat of not being on a team two years ago. Um, Sacramento waived me. Um, you know, I got a call from Phoenix that said, we're going to claim you on waivers. We're going to bring you back, which, you know, for me was everything. Um, I never wanted to leave in the first place. It's just, it was a weird free agency. I was coming off an injury, um, didn't play well in the bubble, didn't know what was going to happen. So um, I just told myself last year, Make the most of the opportunity. When your number's called, be ready every single time. And this offseason um, kind of felt the same situation. Um, not a lot of teams wanted me. You know, you hear a lot of things about yourself that are hard to swallow. Um, and, you know, I've fallen into the trap before of 
thinking that I have to prove everyone else wrong instead of proving myself right. And that's a big thing for me this year is just I want to be who I think that I am and just go out there and prove it to myself, not let anyone else dictate, you know, what's going to happen with me. You know, my career and my life is in my hands and I want to make the most of it. In that conversation with coach, you know, it kind of changed my approach to a lot of things. Um, he was he was truthful. He was honest. He told me, you know, how much he appreciates me and how much he believes in me. And that's all I was looking for. So that's why I had the opportunity to go somewhere else and I didn't want to leave. I wanted to stay right here because this is where I feel the best. And, and it's all it's all about feeling and being comfortable and knowing what to expect every single day. And that's a big thing. Okay, I'm about ready to lose it right there, Frank Kaminsky. I really am because for 15 years broadcasting here at this station, I've been talking about not proving others wrong, but proving yourself right. And he's about the third or fourth person over 15 years that I've actually heard say that. And, you know, and, I've fallen into the trap before of thinking that I have to prove everyone else wrong instead of proving myself right. I don't think I've heard anybody else say it. No, yeah, no, it's been said before. No, I've heard you say right it. Now. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, think, I've, I don't think we've played a clip but, of an but athlete think about it. it. Think about it. It's not about proving somebody, oh, I'm going to prove you wrong. Because I'll tell you what, Basin audience, here's what happens. You go out there and you think that you've proved somebody wrong. You go out and you've you've had success. You go out and you produce. And suddenly you think, hi, you know what, I, I proved everyone wrong. Yeah? Well, now can you sustain it? And see, that is the problem right there. It's the reason why you want to be internally motivated, my young crunk brother, and not externally motivated. You want to be internally motivated. Prove yourself right. You think you're you're good? You think you're confident? You think you can actually compete at a high level? Go out and prove that you're right. Fight yourself every day and beat yourself every day focused on the process by proving yourself right forget about proving others wrong because that external motivation that will leave you at some point in time trust me because you'll think i don't have to prove anything anymore are you kidding me look at what i did i went out and i posted these numbers and i got this contract i'm done you don't uh you all know how good i am prove yourself right way to go frank Win tickets to see Everclear on November 19th at Celebrity Theater. Just head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win. Coming up next, we still don't know whether Kyler Murray is going to play in Week 10, but the Cardinals quarterback is hopeful. So, are we? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Hi, this is Kyler Murray, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. He's hot today, Chase. The thing's coming out clean today. I don't know what he did this offseason, but, you know, the ball's coming out with a lot more zip on it. I've always said I think we're just scratching the surface with what he can do as far as dynamic as a runner, tremendous thrower. He's a human highlight reel, man. The way the ball comes out his hand and how he spins it, man, is unbelievable. You're seeing super next-level stuff where he's spinning certain balls and certain crosses right into these, these tight windows that you wouldn't think is possible. Why are you walking? Why are you walking? Wolf and Luke talk Cardinals now. All right, Wolf, we uh, still don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Cardinals on Sunday. We do know who's just been signed to the Carolina Panthers, though. According to Adam Schefter, the Panthers have reached an agreement with quarterback Cam Newton as of (laughs) five minutes ago. Cam Newton! Back in Carolina. 
Okay, what does that mean right now? What are the odds that Cam Newton could show up on a Thursday <laughs> for the Carolina Panthers? What are the odds that he could show up on a Thursday and actually play on Sunday? That'd be pretty crazy for a quarterback. I just can't even see that happening. I, I just I don't see that happening at all right there. Uh, you know, again, the terminology, coming back to the terminology, and yes, it's it's a situation now in the National Football League where it wasn't viewed or isn't viewed the way that it was in the past, where, man, you'd have to bring a guy into your team in the middle of the season, and it would take him two weeks to fully understand the base offense and get him up to speed where you could actually play him in a game. It's not like that anymore. But quarterback, the position of quarterback, maybe if he was a DB, maybe if he was a corner, oh, no doubt about it, if he was a corner, maybe if he was an edge guy, I... He could play, but a quarterback to come in on a Thursday, I just don't see that happening. See, I'm not even looking at it from that perspective of, hey, you might see Cam Newton. I'm not looking at that. What I'm wondering, though, Wolf, is now you have a team in Carolina that I think a lot of us are just kind of saying, okay, well, you know, what are they going to do? They've lost five of their last six. They're not that good. They get P.J. Walker, quarterback. Even when they had Sam Darnold, they weren't that good. The other way you could look at this is they're a half game out of a playoff spot at four and five. Right, they're a half game behind Atlanta. It's not like they're chasing down the Patriots of 2008 or whatever. Um, so they're a half game back. This is a team that's already gone out and traded for C.J. Henderson and Stephon Gilmore this season. They just brought in Cam Newton, which may be a desperation move, but it's definitely the move of a team that still thinks they're going to make the playoffs this year. And they're still trying to go all out to make the playoffs this year. All of their moves during the season have been that way. You don't trade for Stephon Gilmore thinking you're going to miss the playoffs. So I don't think the Cardinals are going to get a team on Sunday that's just like, oh, we're done. We've fallen apart. Now, the Cardinals are a lot better than Carolina. That might not matter. But I think you're going to get a Carolina team that might be a little revived. Yeah, it's really interesting right now because I don't know the uh, circumstances of this signing right now. I I don't know if he's even able to play on Sunday. I, I don't know. I would imagine. I don't know why he wouldn't. Be able to go. Unless it's not like it's, he played for anybody else. Unless there's already. some protocol that is out there that involves COVID and coming off the street, uh, something I'm not aware of right now. Again, so give me an out on that one right there. But for me, I, I think we will see Cam Newton. You think it like oh, a couple yeah. plays? Oh, my goodness. A, a package of four or five plays? Oh, yeah. I, I think we could see. Cam Newton. You listen. You got PJ Walker out there. If you had Sam Darnold, most likely no. I, I well, no, no. you know what? I you know I've got to back <laughs> After it up. What on I just that saw one. last week. Exactly right. Even <laughs> as I'm saying that, um, yeah, maybe you're going to run him out there as a changeup. Why not? Uh, yeah, I could easily see that happening. I think we could see Cam Newton, provided there's not any COVID protocol or something that I'm missing here. Um, I, I would say that we could see Cam Newton. I, I would expect it. Yeah, I mean, if you're driving around, you're like, well, wait, why did the Cardinals have to wait a week with Zach Ertz? It's because he had played on Thursday Night Football of that week already. So yes. just to put that out there, you can't play twice in the same week. But Cam Newton hasn't played in forever, uh, seemingly. That's a great safety tip by you. Well done. That's why I'm here. I'm the safety tip Indeed. guy. Indeed. So the injury report yesterday for the Cardinals is um, let's I'm trying to count here how many guys didn't, but 12 guys were DNPs yesterday. And, you know, there's some big names here. Buda Baker, uh, Chase Edmonds, obviously Max Garcia, DeAndre Hopkins, but D-Hop doesn't practice on Wednesdays, but he also has an injury this time. Rondale Moore, uh, Kyler Murray, Jordan Phillips, Justin Pugh, Jonathan Ward, David Wells, James Wiggins, Aaron Brewer. None of those guys practiced yesterday for the Cardinals. It's Wednesday. 
I would I would assume a, a good chunk of them may practice today. But the ones that stand out, Wolf, are Rondale Moore and Buda Baker, both dealing with concussion issues. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that right there. That's not good, of course. It isn't. But hopefully they're going to be fine. They're going to be clear to go and clear to play on Sunday. But, you know, it just honestly, the way that um, teams practice nowadays, it's incredible. It truly is. It's one of the mind-boggling things about the game of football to me. Something that if you would have told me that when I was playing all the way back in 1985, (laughs) I would have said, you're absolutely out of your mind. There's no way in the world that's ever going to happen where you have more walkthrough type practices at this point of the season than putting on the pads and going out there and banging away. The, The biggest difference by far and away in the National Football League, this is something I I have been saying for years, and I will continue to say it, the biggest difference in the game of football is how you prepare a human being to play in a football game. Make no mistake, it's not even close. Well, along those lines, here's Cliff Kingsbury yesterday talking about how the Cardinals are changing Wednesday uh, Wednesday practices to make sure over the course of a 17-game season now, and a season that's probably going to be longer than that for the Cardinals, how they can stay fresh over that. Yeah, I don't want to give away, you know, our our secret um, right now, but we definitely made some adjustments at at this juncture um, in our season to uh, really more of a Wednesday than, than anything. Um, last year, Wednesday was was fairly intense throughout the season, and um, we were able to, to make some adjustments that I think have, have helped guys feel fresh, um, particularly some of the veteran guys, and, and feel uh, more ready to go when Sunday rolls around. It feels like the DeAndre Hopkins plan. <laughs> Everybody just kind of take Wednesday yeah. light. Yeah, and Wednesday again, it was such a huge day. You can't even imagine Wednesday for the most part, Basinonians. That was the most brutal practice of the week. Wednesday. Thursday was also, it was no slouch by any stretch of the imagination as well. Those two days were huge game plan days. And then Friday, you'd get situational, but you'd go out there in shells. You'd go out there in shoulder pads and helmet. And believe me, it was the thud drill. That's what they called it, the thud drill. Well, you would go out there, and you're going about 80%. You're not going to the ground. Stay off the ground. That's what they used to say. Stay off the ground. They'd yell at offensive linemen. What are you doing? Stay off the ground. You're killing people out here. You want me to sit you down? Of course, this is when they used to yell at football players as well, okay? There was none of this kinder, gentler. It was in your face screaming at you. I'm going to challenge you. You're never going to challenge my authority in what it is that I'm saying to you. Um, This was, you go out and you hit somebody and you do your job. That was Wednesday, that was Thursday, and that was Friday. And then you'd back off, you'd breathe on a Saturday, of course, or travel on a Saturday. So the way they're doing it nowadays, this is just the continuation of how football has changed dramatically. And this is Exhibit Z at this point. Yeah, I got one more from uh, Cliff for you on practice. No, we'll we'll practice. um, But Wednesday, like I said, we'll continue to be smart on that. They monitor who's up, who's not, um, and and really try to get to the bye week um, with that in mind after the bye week once we're refreshed re-energized uh we'll take it from there but as we kind of have a bunch of injuries mounting and and head towards that point we're going to be smart Mm. you know 
we'll get into this in a little bit, but hearing that quote, it does make me think we may see Colt McCoy again this week. If you're yeah. gonna if you're gonna switch your practice yeah. schedule around, why wouldn't you do what we've been talking about for four days now? Yeah, Colt McCoy, maybe we'll smear see. the eye black on that guy. Here just put, it comes. Just put it on right now on Thursday, just to be ready. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. When we come back, the Suns are starting to look like the Suns. We're gonna talk to Eddie Johnson, get his thoughts on that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on ninety eight seven FM Arizona Sports Station. Seven FM, Arizona's sports station. Cheap shot, slap shot. Wolf and Luke. All right, welcome back to the show. The Phoenix Suns have now won six in a row. A nice win over Portland last night, one nineteen one oh nine. And joining us right now in the seventy two sold sports line to talk about it is Suns TV analyst for Bally Sports, Eddie Johnson. Eddie, how's it going today? That was a pretty nice win last night. Uh, yeah, doing well, and you know, anytime you can win, and and Frank the Tank can just wow you. You know, you gotta wake up in a good mood, right? Let's start there, Eddie. I mean, honestly, um, tell me a little bit about this guy. What do you know of Frank the Tank personally? <laughs> because he seems like a fascinating guy to me. Well, you know, people tend to forget, uh, obviously, when you don't make an immediate bang within the league. But, you know, in college, he was highly thought of. He was player of the year, I believe, when he came out yes. of Wisconsin. And, you know, a lot of people thought that he can be one of those pick-and-pop, you know, guys that can really flourish and have a tremendous career. Unfortunately, you know, sometimes the mix doesn't work. You know this one. Yep. I mean, sometimes, you know, just the, the science of it all doesn't, doesn't come together for you. The mixture's not right. And he's gone through some years where, you know, early years where it wasn't uh, in Charlotte. And, you know, and then I I think he kind of decelerated after I thought a really good first season with the Suns. I thought he was a little bit non-aggressive because he was just worried about sticking instead of maybe accelerating himself. And I talk about that during the telecast. But this year, uh, after sitting there early in the season, watching, probably realizing he wasn't going to get a lot of minutes, And all of a sudden, he gets an opportunity because DeAndre Ayton goes down, and all of a sudden, he's flourishing. And so um, I'm extremely happy for him. Uh, It's a story I think you and I have seen before when guys get a second chance, third chance. Matter of fact, the Suns have somebody that we see all the time in campaign who was a first-round pick and wound up in China, and all of a sudden now he's one of the top six men in the league. So. Happy for Frank, and, uh, you know, that wasn't an accident. The guy can score. I just think it's more about confidence, and he seems to have it. Yeah, Eddie, also, too, I just wanted to, I mean, is this guy, is he a fun-loving guy? Is he a guy that is intense? Is he a guy that brings any intensity? I mean, how, how is he personally as a man? Well, seems, yeah, yeah, you know, Wolf, he seems to me to be the quiet, intense person. Okay. Uh, from what I understand, jovial. Uh, a guy that keeps people, keeps guys, you know, on their P's and Q's and, you know, whether with jokes or whatever, he and uh, Mikhail Bridges uh, seem to have a nice relationship in that regard. And and that's what you need. I mean, you know, look, this is a game. Yeah. You know, I know this. This yep. is a game, man. And, yeah, you take your, you take your craft serious, man, but you got to have fun. And And so that's what he's doing. And when you have fun, you loosen up. When you have fun, you don't carry much stress. And, you know, this job that they have is a stressful job. And, and so the slow start wasn't good. I'm sure they heard some criticisms, some doubts. You know, it was a fluke last year and all of that. 
And all of a sudden now they seem to be getting back in stride and they're on a nice little run. Talking to Eddie Johnson, uh, Eddie, building off the, the Kaminsky stuff and, and having the addition of JaVale McGee this year, I mean, obviously you want DeAndre Ayton out there, but do you feel more comfortable if DeAndre Ayton, you know, if he gets into foul trouble in a playoff game with what they have behind him now? Yeah, well, when we picked up JaVale McGee, I felt comfortable immediately. Yeah. If, if we had JaVale McGee last year, we win that series. Ooh. We win that series. Uh, because now you've got 12 physical fouls to throw on Giannis, not just six. And and so that was the difference. I mean, when, when Dario Shark went down, people kind of looked over it. I'm not saying people here in Phoenix because we knew the value. But, you know, we lost that extra body, and Jalen Smith was not ready. And, and so because of that, Giannis just wore down DeAndre, and then he just took over. And then so with JaVale, you know, on this team, and then with Frank improving, and we saw how well he defended against Valachunas a couple about a, what a few days ago, and that's the strongest guy in the league. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm sure they'll make additions as the season goes along, but the physicality part is where the Suns had to shore up, and I think they've done that. On that note, right there, is that where they miss Da the most? Is the physicality part of this? Well, let's just put it where it is. DeAndre Ayton is, is going to be a tremendous player in this league. So, I mean, he's a double-double machine. Anytime you're losing a double-double guy and a guy that's improving, you know, a guy in the pick and roll that's learning how to set great screens and get people open and he's being rewarded, uh, you know, I don't want people to start to think, oh, you know, JaVale and, and, and Frank, that's a good combination. DeAndre's expendable. You, you know how people think, man. The prisoners yeah. of the moment. Uh, no, DeAndre is—he's so much needed uh, because now Javale won't be fouling out in, in ten minutes. <laughs> you know, I mean, so he can strategically <laughs> use his fouls. And so, yeah, that—that that combination of all three of those guys, I, I think, is really going to pay dividends for us this year. Eddie, the Suns have won six in a row. They've already beaten two of the three teams that have beaten them this year. They're seven and three. It's still early this season, though. When you look at this team, what do you see that they need to improve to get back to where they were last year? Just, just mentally continue to just get engaged again. It's hard, man. I mean, this, this three years where it's been a short turnaround to the NBA season, and the Suns went the full load all the way uh, the marathon uh, this past season, and so. And then Devin jumps on a plane and immediately goes to the Olympics. So you could tell early on that Devin's mind wasn't mm-hmm. hadn't caught up yet. And and so I think all these guys now are starting to find their rhythm. Uh, there's no excuses. It's the same, pretty much the same team. So you can't say you was making adjustments to somebody new. And so I think it was just all mental, as it was around the league. I mean, if you had looked around the league, I mean, teams were struggling. I mean, Milwaukee, you know, they're starting to get together now, but at one point they were four and six a few games ago. So you know it's just just it's just what it is. I mean, look, if they were look back when we played, man, we went twenty eight, twenty eight two a days, twenty eight. They crazy. go about three. Yeah, and then they started playing exhibition games. We didn't play exhibition games after the first two weeks. Eddie, Eddie, so it's just you know yeah. So it's it's a different animal for them and. uh so I think that that was a slow start, and guess what? A few teams took advantage of it, especially Golden State, who evolved to a ten and one start. So uh, the Suns don't have much catching up to do. They're seven and three, so they're a couple of games behind Golden State, despite that huge start by them. 
Eddie, I have to tell you right now, in the 10 years that I played, I learned so much from other players, um, how to play the game, how to go about the game, uh, techniques as well. Uh, yes, I learned from coaches, but the vast majority of actually playing the game, the tactical part of it out on the field, I learned so much from other players. So having said that, is JaVale McGee mentoring DeAndre Ayton. Do you know if that is happening right now? And is DA open to that? Yeah, I think he's open to it. I think that that was all started, obviously, by Mark Bryant, who's assistant coach for the Suns, and he's had a major impact on the big guys on this team. Mark Bryant was a very good professional player, man. He had a lot of good years in the NBA, and uh, he ran into me a few times. hurt. <laughs> and, and so, no, he knows. He knows the game, and that's who he, that's who they're listening to. And then JaVale comes there with three championships and a gold medal. Of course he's listening to him. How can you not? And JaVale has gone the full gamut of criticism early on in his career, the jokes that were made about him. And now, look, I mean, the professionalism, uh, the way he's improved, uh, how he can be dominant in stretches during the game, uh, all those are because, you know, he learned a lesson. And, look, being around Golden State at that time, who I think is a one of the most quality franchises you ever want to be around. And those players and Steph and Clay and, and Andre Godala and Draymond, how they schooled him and, and got him to really help them and, and give them some impact and winning a title or two. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure he's talking to, to DeAndre all the time. Eddie Johnson, man, it's always great catching up with you. Thank you for the time this morning. Thanks, CJ. Always, gentlemen, and uh, continue to have a tremendous show. Huh? Yeah, love talking to Thanks, you, bro. Eddie. All right, that's Eddie Johnson joining us on the 72 Sold Sports Line. Get your price at 72sold.com. And, uh, you know, I can't go to break without at least mentioning that if they had JaVale McGee last year, they would have won the whole wow, thing. That, that, was that just, like, right stung. There, right? I was Man, like, even was... if it's true, Eddie, you don't have to say that. Man, that was, <laughs> that was big time. Uh, coming up, or actually, week 10 of the NFL season kicks off tonight, so there's still time to sign up for Bix Picks. Text pick the 620-620 to sign up and compete against Dan Bickley for your chance. The grand prize of a tailgate package featuring a Yeti Tundra cooler and grill, courtesy of Modelo Especial. Weekly winners will receive a $100 gift card to cold beers and cheeseburgers. So text pick to 620-620 to enter. All right, right around the corner. We still don't know whether Kyler Murray will play in Week 10, but the Cardinals quarterback is hopeful, and we'll get into that. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Hi, this is DJ Humphreys, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Let's go. Let's go put this in the end zone. Come on. You know, we're just trying to find the best scheme that attacks the defenses, and Coach is very creative. I think we're building a culture of high energy, high intensity, and guys that all they want to do is just win and be the best. I think you have to be aggressive these days. Huddle, 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 huddle. Wolf and Luke talk Cardinals now. All right, one more quick note on Cam Newton. Adam Schefter tweeting out that the contract terms for Cam with Carolina, up to $10 million for the rest of the year, includes a $4.5 million full, fully guaranteed plus a $1.5 million roster bonus per source. Wow, Whoever okay. That That's potentially a lot of money for Cam Newton. To $10 million right there for Cam Newton. Here we go. Carolina, part two. So, I don't want to connect dots that aren't there, but He's their starter, right? Going forward, <laughs> I don't know about this week, but I mean, you, if you brought him in and you're giving him four point five million fully guaranteed, you intend for him to play? Yes, I would agree with that statement right there. If in fact you think you're going to pay him, I mean, um, ten million dollars, the possibility thereof, but four and a half. To your point, 
uh, guaranteed. Yeah, absolutely. I think at some point in time, they're going to go with Cam Newton as their starting quarterback. Wow. And I think it's Matt Rule. It's more Matt Rule than anything else. I think it fits his offense even better. Uh, also to note from practice today, our own Tyler Drake tweeted out earlier that there's no Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Chase Edmonds, Rondale Moore, Max Garcia, or Justin Pugh during the open portion of Cardinals practice today. And then Darren Urban said uh, Buda Baker, Jordan Phillips, Jonathan Ward doing some work on the side. So, Yeah, you know, honestly, it's a good thing they're not playing today. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great way to <laughs> put it, honestly. If they were playing today, honestly, right now, I don't know who we'd actually see out on the field for the Arizona Cardinals. They are banged up. They are nicked up right now. But this is one of the reasons why you got to come out and you got to focus on going out and doing what you do. And it's offensively, defensively, and in transition with special teams. They have to focus on those guys that are available and go out and play and ball out. Because this is more about the Arizona Cardinals than it is about the Carolina Panthers. It is. And I hate saying that. This team is incredibly talented. The depth on this team is what I think is a strength. Steve Kime has done a great job, Steve Kime and his staff, assembling this roster. The depth on this team means that somebody's going to have to step up and go play offensively, defensively, and in transition. Step up and ball out. And you know what? It's about the Cardinals. If they do that, um, they're going to beat the Carolina Panthers easily. Uh, also worth noting that A.J. Green has, uh, has been activated from the COVID list. So they at least, it um, seems like they were, they're going to have one of their receivers back. Now Rondell Moore's on the injury list. So there's no point in speculating on the injuries too much here on Wednesday. Like you said, if they had to play today, they would be in some trouble. But specifically with Kyler Murray, uh, he spoke yesterday about how the ankle feels. Yeah, I'm, uh, that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, obviously, day to day right now, but uh, I think I made crazy strides as far as you know in a positive direction uh, since it happened. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and you know, like I said, just day to day, just gonna keep working it up. Crazy strides. Crazy strides, right there. Honestly, you know that's a good thing. It it maybe it tells you just how far away he was last week from actually playing. Um, making crazy strides, of course. This, I, I think, honestly, right now, forget about the stride altogether, Kyler. <laughs> Just forget about it. Go ahead and you know <laughs> sit down. Forget about that and uh, get ready. Get ready for Seattle after this, okay? Because we're going to run Colt McCoy out there for a second week in a row. This is just me speculating right now. And you know what, Luke? It makes me so uncomfortable to talk like this. It does. I, I know this never, goes against everything you I believe. I have yeah. never talked about the Arizona Cardinals to this degree, the way that I, I I have never felt this confident about this team the way that I do right now. And do you know why, Basinonians? It's because I watch the tape. It, it's, it's not just the numbers. It's the tape. And then when you back it up with the math, you look at the numbers. These are, these are hardcore black and white numbers. And then you watch the tape. It's like, oh my goodness. This 8-1 and one is no surprise when you watch it. No, it, that, that's, that's probably the most important thing, what you just said. The numbers back up the eye test, the eye test back up the numbers. Yeah, but for me to sit here and say this and speak with this kind of confidence about any team, let alone the Arizona Cardinals, is I just got to tell you, it is surreal. It's an overused word, yet it's the only word that really applies to broadcasting with my experience. 
surreal. Well, it speaks to where they are, though, and you do have to be smart. I mean, I, I'm maybe not as extreme as you on this one, but but uh, I'm not somebody like, especially in the NBA, I hate load management. I know I've said this a million times, and uh, and Kyler Murray is, you know, it's a guy that if you sit him this week and he's close to being able to go, and I guess in a sense you are kind of load managing, but football's a lot different, and there's an extra game this year. And whatever the Cardinals, the Cardinals played 16 games last year, although by the end of the season it felt like 14. But they played 16 games last year. They're going to play an additional game. They're going to play at least an additional game in the playoffs. And this is not a team that has their their sights set on, hey, let's make the playoffs. And if we lose to Tampa in the first round, who cares? We made the playoffs, guys. Your window to win a Super Bowl is open right now in 2021. And obviously the Super Bowl would be in 2022. It's open in the next three months, Wolf. And it may be open beyond that, but it's open in the next three months. So if you can be smart with your quarterback, you have to. Because if I'm sitting there around the big rectangle and I'm a coach on the coaching staff, I'm in the front office, I'm A-Dub, I'm sitting there, um, I'm Sean Coogler, I'm sitting around that big rectangle and we're talking about this game and whether or not Kyler Murray Murray is 100%. Is Kyler Murray 100%? That is the only question that needs to be. If he's not 100%, if he's 98%, don't run him out there on the field. And do you know how I want to kick myself right in the face when I I say that? (laughs) What are you doing? What are you talking? You know, uh, honestly, um, 98%, his ankle is, again, I'm not talking about his body. I'm talking about his ankle, period. Uh, hear my wor- hear my words on that and heed them well. It's his ankle, ninety eight percent. Um, you know, honestly, why would you do- why would you risk it at this point in time? Players, if they're healthy, they got to play. You have to run them out there. They're football players. This is what they do. They play. I don't want to even hear load management. But if in fact you have backups that you feel really really comfortable with. And you've got a guy that is not 100%, why in the world would you run him out there knowing how critical he's going to be to your success in the second half of the season? Well, yeah, you're 8-1, too. You don't, you don't need the game so much that you'd be willing to sacrifice a game at the end of your season. You know what I mean? If this was weak, if this was the last game of the season and you had to win to get in, of course, you're going to, if this was three weeks left and you have to win out to get in, you may know in the back of your mind, we're probably taking chances off the back end of us actually winning a playoff game, but we've got to get in. So we're playing them. You're eight and one and you just won with your backup quarterback. Now, this conversation never would have come up if Kyler Murray was was healthy, but with the injuries and being banged, the injury, I should say, to the ankle and being banged up a little bit before that. It's at least a conversation worth having. Or having, and uh, this is Kyler Murray yesterday, and this is where it may get tough to, to actually execute this. They asked him what it felt like not playing uh, against San Francisco. Yeah, I didn't. Um, my operation before the game, I didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, it was different, you know. I haven't kind of proud myself on not missing games. I haven't, you know, I probably count on one hand in my whole career, uh, my whole life, how many games I missed. So um, it's definitely different, um, and, it, and you know, it wasn't. Um, not fun, but obviously, you know, when my guys have my back, they uh, they handled uh, handled our business, and um, it, it was fun to watch and see them uh, succeed. Well, we we both recounted different stories yesterday of Kyler Murray speaking and saying, and even in his rookie year, how much he hated the bye week. Yeah, because he didn't want to miss, and it wasn't even a game. <laughs> oh, I hated the bye. Um, no, you're right about that. <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect you just that abrupt turn. I'm getting used to it. Name, name the movie. Oh, I hated the Colonel. Mm. 
I don't know. So I married an axe murderer. Wow, Remember that's that, an abs- right yeah, I that's mean, that a is, very just Google it, my young crowd. That's brothers, an abstract honestly, movie right to be now, referencing. It is, it is unbelievable. I think that's the second Mike Myers movie you referenced this week, and the first one was unintentional when you did a Doctor Evil. Oh, I hated the buy. Um, okay, right. Were you, were you making a point right there? No, I'm just going to go to break, because I think okay, Lorenzo's right. here, and he's probably oh, wondering so, why, okay. why he came in. Zoe's here. Let's go. All right. Uh, coming up, how did the Cardinals stop Christian McCaffrey? Well, 15-year NFL vet Lorenzo Alexander is joining us for the lowdown next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.